Ready? You bet. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Wilma podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Sarah Good Medicine here. She, her pronouns, uh, make art. I go by Good Medicine. Uh, and uh, we're out here in Treaty 7 territory right now. I'm pretty sure it's your turn to do the uh, land acknowledgement, so I'll uh, save that. And uh, we are at Chinook Mall right now in the food court. Uh, tons of different races of people, uh, all sorts of different food here. Of course, westernized, and uh, but delicious all the same. And uh, yeah, who else? who else am I sitting with? Uh, hi, everyone. This is uh, Steve Wright. Uh, I'm pleased to be doing this podcast with Sarah, Good Medicine. And I can probably start off with the acknowledge- land acknowledgement. Um, Sarah and I have had quite a few discussions on land acknowledgements, and I, I think really the important thing to really recognize is the fact that, that I'm blessed um, and privileged to be able to... Uh, play on the land, uh, explore the different land and stuff like that. And I am a settler. And so uh, I'm just acknowledging the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to have that opportunity to be on the land. And it'd be nice if we could give the damn land back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nice nice indeed. Uh, shout out to the Six, uh, Six of Gates at the Peaks, uh, all the Tutena people, the Stony Nakoda and Machip people, uh, all the... Um, Cree people and all the folks who make their land or their home here today, <laughs> who make their land here. Um, so our prompts for today, you know, I feel like um, we had a couple episodes with some guests and then it was uh, really good, I think, for us to check back in. That last episode, it was definitely, it felt good for us to talk about, but, um, you know, I feel like there's a certain pattern that I feel is emerging that I sort of brought up to you in our production meeting, which is um, just around feeling like sometimes I need to cue you um, for us to talk about things. And I guess, um, like, it's not to say that, you know, relationship is two-way, but I definitely feel uh, sometimes like I... Yeah, I just, like, have to be the one to say, like, hey, this was an awkward moment, and, like, can we talk about this? You know what I mean? When you did this, it made me feel like this, or, like, when you did this, it seemed like you didn't, like, there was something there. And the example that's coming to mind is during the last episode when I was describing how you were having, uh, we called it a hissy fit, you... Um, I couldn't even look you in the eyes, you know what I mean, when I was doing it. And I feel like, um, I guess, scared to bring those things up. And when that happened, you know, it was it was definitely challenging. And, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts or feelings about that, but I feel like as much as it's a challenging thing, you know what I mean, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit here, but, you know, we were talking about some things around not judging people either, or sort of feeling um, like it's important to have faith. Uh, so, but yeah, what do you think about? Do you feel like I cue you all the time? Like, do you feel like if I didn't say something, you wouldn't bring it up? Like, specifically to do with 
racism or whatever. <laughs> In other words, uh, um, there's quite often you'll bring up things about things that I've said or my reaction to things. And again, I think that's part of my whiteness. And um, you're right, the fact that you give me way too many cues that I should actually be bringing up things that I've had insight on. And, and uh, that's part of the learning process. You know, learning is a really a two-way street. It's not a pedagogical thing where I think that you're lecturing me and I say thank you very much and walk away. <laughs> it's really, a, a um, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is to be dynamic and have dialogue. And to have dialogue, you have to have two people participating. Yeah, and what do you mean about it's like a part of your whiteness to um, sort of, I think you're referring to me cueing you. Like, what do you mean? Um, sometimes my reaction comes from my whiteness. Uh, as far as like, for example, being defensive of things, being defensive of my whiteness. And that's part of my journey is, is learning to, to deal with that and acknowledge that rather than being defensive and trying to justify my whiteness. And do you, I think like one of the, one of the issues with whiteness or one of the, I guess, challenges to overcome is that when I talk to white folks, like I grew up uh, white, I grew up in primarily white spaces and, you know, one of the white norms that I was accustomed to is that you never talk sort of big about yourself. You always make it sound like you don't have much or like, you know what I mean? Like you don't, there's not a lot of... Um, capacity I guess that you have like you're just you know another guy getting on and it's usually uh, referring to a guy <laughs> you know the patriarchy is in there and I'm just sort of wondering like um, like do you feel when you're being defensive that um, like to me you have all this power you know what I mean like to me like I feel that fear of bringing it up with you and it's like almost, you know, the same way I would be afraid of my dad if I'm bringing something up, you know, truthful to my dad. There's a power dynamic there where you don't want to make the master upset at you. Do you know what I mean? Or something like that. Sure. I, I, I kind of, you know, that role, I think by my reaction, my role just assumes as, as an authority figure and you're challenging the authority. And I think for me... Um, I have to work really, really hard at, at being really sensitive to that and actually acknowledging my own racism and whiteness rather than always rely on you to point it out when I'm doing well and when I'm doing I'm not doing well and, and the reality of the fact is that we all have to learn to do this on our own rather than rely on external cues all the time. I mean, I feel you I agree with you, that sounds like the right thing to say, but why would it be important to figure this out like, not necessarily that it's just you figuring it out, but why would it impor be important to be self-initiated? Like, uh, I think that's one of the that's one of the, the important ingredients about is acknowledging our whiteness and acknowledging our racism. And so, by by um, me pointing out to you my racism and the things that I do. Uh, it's just part of acknowledging the issue. And well, I think why would you want to point out to me like? I don't like particularly want to hear about your racism. Remember? Well, if we're having conversations, right? I think we're talking about you cueing me, and what I'm right. saying is actually then 
is that I need to start cueing myself and, and not have you have to cue me all the time on issues. So would it be more accurate to say that you actually need to show yourself your own racism? Yeah. Yeah, we all, yeah, you're absolutely right. We all, well, we all have to look in the mirror and, and look at who, who we are. <laughs> and, and the first thing you you're going to see about looking in the mirror is you're going to see your whiteness, right? And I, I think that's a real, that's the important piece is for us white folks to acknowledge our whiteness um, and really acknowledge it and take a look how that impacts on people. And so, so we've, like this season, you know, uh, from what I understand is going to be about 12 episodes. You know, we're on episode 10 today. Um, do you, like we've been talking about acknowledging your whiteness and the difficulties of that since episode one. And I guess I'm just sort of wondering, like, what does that even mean to you now, like acknowledging your whiteness? Well, maybe I can start off by talking about the impact of doing that and what happens in the process. What do you mean? So, um, since we started doing this uh, podcast, um, I kind of look at things entirely different. And, and though it's still a struggle, and I still I have a long journey to go, it probably this journey is going to last me my whole life. But I really, uh, I'm a lot more um, aware of discrimination and racism, and I can point it out to people, and I can, I can. It's definitely here and around us. So if anything, this has really enlightened me, this whole process. And does it strike you as ironic that um, you still sort of see your role as, as, I mean, just you said people, but, you know, just like generally pointing it out to other people when really the struggle is actually for you to point it out to yourself? Like, Yeah, well, I mean, that's the first step before you start pointing your finger at other people. You have to sort of look at yourself. It's that, that old metaphor is that when you point your finger, you've got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Yeah. So that's something, and that's also about, I think it's important when you're on this journey not to be, not to be judgmental of other people, because all of us are on this journey at all different stages. And, mm -hmm. and, um, so maybe I can share the story about that conversation I had with someone. Well, yeah, I think that's an important story that we want to bring up, and then we'll get back to this sort of mirroring each yeah, other in a okay. second. Okay, so um, I've been, you know, talking to a lot of people, people that I've known for decades and decades and decades, and I had this uh, woman phone me up. She was a friend. Um, what, used what race is she? She's white, and, and she proceeded to tell me that she listened to my podcast and she didn't agree with them at all. <laughs> was she nice about it? Uh... She was probably a bit more uptight having the conversation than I was, I think. It, and it, she really was defending herself, saying that she's not like that. She's always treated people equal. Um, and I just basically pointed, asked her, you know, how she felt that she really benefited from her whiteness. And then she, the conversation shut down. Yeah. Because she didn't want to talk about that. That's really interesting. And I feel like, like, first of all, when I tell white folks that when I say to them uh, like there was some white folks sitting next to us earlier and they said <laughs> oh are y'all doing a podcast and we were like yeah and then Steve which I'm really proud of him because usually he would just not say shit but like now he was like yeah we're doing the Wilma podcast it's the white lives matter always podcast and gee my gut just went into my thing I was like I hope these folks don't 
want, like want to have solidarity with us as like white supremacists or something. You know what I mean? Like it's a pr- provocative name for a reason, but I <laughs> made me nervous. Um, but uh, yeah, like um, pointing out race and racism to white folks in particular, I, and I mean really, uh, the reality is is that everybody is socialized by racism so it's not just white folks necessarily who are uh, have internalized those ideas but um, do you have any like what I guess I did want to ask you why did you handle that situation differently I felt like maybe you went into that you like sort of were very upfront with those white folks about what we were doing well I, I, two things one is I'm able to actually have those conversations and I really using a really calm demeanor um calm because they're gonna you're anticipating them being defensive right away yeah and i i I don't want people to be you know i don't want to shut the conversation down and so it's it's, i try to be non-judgmental and really relay it back to them and their own personal experience and how that connection from their lives actually uh, is connected to the collective whiteness that they're part of that group and did you bring that up with that lady who called you uh, I brought it up a little bit, but then the conversation shut down. It was interesting how when I talked about, asked her how she benefited from her whiteness, and that maybe that's what she should really look at. That's when the conversation shut down. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and we agreed to disagree, and she said goodbye. Yeah, that's so interesting. Did you feel the violence that she was displaying in that moment? Oh, definitely. You could hear it in her voice, the tremor in her voice. It was like she was she's, was having a really difficult time actually saying that. Um, and you were... But that's okay, though, because th- that's part of the process we have to go to. That's that realization. And, and a lot of people, will, and myself, have gone into denial. I mean, really, I've... That's that's the whole point of me being on this journey, right? Is the fact that that I was part of the problem and I'm part of the issue, and so exploring my whiteness, um, that's really what the journey's all about, and that's what all of us have to really do, us white folks. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, just sort of in thinking about this, um, I wanted to sort of uh, ask you. Um, there was you had brought up to me before you had brought up on the podcast uh, to me before that there are white folks who are reaching out to you and who are saying, "Steve, I really love this podcast. I'm so happy this podcast is existing. I really agree with you, you know." And that made you feel uncomfortable. And then this lady, like, did you feel like you had the same response to this lady calling you? Um. No, it's a bit different. I, I, there's some trepidation when people phone me up and say, yeah, that's a great podcast. I truly get it. Yeah. Um, because I think that's just, I don't think that's accurate, actually. So I, I think when people say I, I understand, I get it, um, I wonder if they actually feel it. Yeah, I, I would wonder it, the same thing. In fact, I would an emotional wager level 100% that they don't. Bet. Well, exactly. Logically, they'll look at it and say, yeah, you're right. But emotionally, do you feel I'm right? Yeah. And ironically, even though I'm like, screw that lady, like I'm not really interested, you know, in 
being a part of her process or whatever, I actually appreciate personally that lady being upset with you and just being upfront, you know, sort of like she wasn't hiding her emotions. No. But both of those groups of people are, you know, um, are holding racism. Those uh, nice folks who are agreeing with uh, what we're talking about here on the podcast uh, around identifying whiteness. Um, you know, those folks are sort of uh, emotionally insulating themselves from the racism uh, yes. that they've internalized and uh, not bringing it up and really trying to look like a nice person. That other person was also defending their innocence, you know, of being yeah. a, a good person. But at least, you know, their emotions, like to me, even though I don't want to deal with that, it still feels better in a certain way. It's more real. It actually has more validity about the subject, to be quite honest, right? And so when, when people say, oh, I truly get it, Steve, you know, you're right. You know, I, I totally agree with everything. It's, I'm not being judgmental on them either, but I, I just really think that I wonder if they're connecting emotionally to it. And, um, like, going back to those two white folks that uh, look like a hetero uh, cisgendered couple who was sitting next to us, like, what were the responses? Like, I was scared. I didn't even look at them. Well, I don't know. He, he uh, when I, the gentleman beside me kind of gave me this look and his eyebrow went up. Yeah. And then his face became really blank and he said, oh. <laughs> uh, and that's okay, too. Again, I mean, that's, and his partner, though, I think was a lot more receptive about it. But maybe perhaps... Uh, it, made, it made me sort of think about the fact that everyone's on their own journey, even about confronting their own racism. And people are going to react differently according to the journey, journey they're on, but also from an emotional level. Yeah, like his response in a way makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, like I said earlier, worried about sort of them thinking that. I'm just sort of a brown white supremacist, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then the lady's response actually alarmed me more in some ways because it sounded like <laughs> it didn't throw her at all. Like she was like down for the program. <laughs> She's like, I'm down for for white lives matter always. <laughs> yeah. But are you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, interesting stuff. Uh, any thoughts why you think they responded the way they did? You said they're on their own journey, but what do you think? Like, do you have that same sort of feeling that I described, do you think? like? Well, I definitely think it was obvious, right, between the two of them that they each had different ideas yeah. uh, about what that meant. And maybe for the gentleman, maybe it stuck. Maybe it was a really sensitive thing. Maybe he had some experience. And who knows, right? Whereas as the other woman, when she said that, it's kind of like, well, you probably lived your nice white life and mm -hmm. haven't really had to engage in anything like that. Yeah. I think that's part of the issue with... with uh, like they, like with she was totally folks. ignorant to it, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we live in outer suburbia. We may not actually encounter it. I mean... And what's it? The racism that occurs on a regular basis. So if you're surrounding yourself with white... See, well, the thing is, like, if you're in a saturated environment of white exactly. folks, you are living segregated. Absolutely. And you are saturated in racism, but the racism is just simply Ternalized. so Yeah. That you don't see otherwise, because yeah. that's, that's the only, that's a standard you have to Wait. live by. 
It's like living in a gated community almost. I always cringe when I hear about these gated communities because it really it's all about excluding people. I feel that. Um, I want to sort of go back to um, one of the things that I brought up at the beginning here, which is having faith in people and sort of the violence of writing people off. Um, and the reason we wrote down this, this prompt is because, uh, shout out to uh, Tracy Nielsen, uh, who runs the dialogue classes at Mount Royal University. Something came up. Uh, well, actually, she just always... Um, She's always expressed having faith in people that people can change, people can shift. And, um, and I've brought it up on the podcast before, and it has really been a challenge, you know, for me to practice this. Like, I was sort of saying to Steve that day, like, I'm sort of sick of white folks. Like, I'm <laughs> sick of explaining shit. I'm sick of, like, you know, dancing around their fragilities. And it's, like, there's other fragilities, too. This, this is just... You know, and then feeling like we had actually been talking about somebody, a white person in particular, and we were sort of writing this person off. Um, do you remember that in our production meeting? Yep. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's important for us to, uh, like, you know, be the arbiter of somebody's uh, racial awakening, but... The thing is, I do feel like there is a certain violence in writing people off. And, yeah, I don't know. And I, you know, yeah. And I feel like when I'm being courageous and telling you about your racism, like I am having faith in you, even though I'm scared you're going to attack mm -hmm. me or you're going to light me up. You know what I mean? That fear is there. Um I guess that, that is an act of faith and that can look different for different people. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Oh, quite a bit actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanna point out though, um, I think having, for me, having faith in people is always believing in the goodness and that people are moving forward to, to about goodness that sometimes sounds naive but I've been doing that almost my whole life having faith in people yeah I feel like I used to do that and I totally yeah but let's keep going well and I but I think though um, I think for me this whole process I have to really dig deep within myself to have the faith that, that we're moving forward we're actually doing good and so that, that, that having faith in humanity and having faith in other people is I think just sort of having that belief that, that uh, people have to go on their journey and it's their own journey, but I sort of have to keep believing that people will, will want to move forward. And do you feel like having faith in people, in, in people has a relationship with having faith in yourself around the same ideas? Like, I guess sort of what strikes me here is that if I'm writing people off and the next point I sort of want to get into is how, uh, especially when we're sitting in a circle, but generally speaking, all like everybody is, is a mirror of sorts, uh, you know, to us. And so by not having faith in someone or writing somebody off, you know, in a way we're sort of writing our, our own self off. But at the same time, we still need to be protecting ourselves. Like, I, you know, I, 
you know, protecting our energy at the very least, if not physically, mentally, spiritually, um, you know, protecting ourselves as, as well. You have any thoughts about that? Well, I, I think you definitely have to. I mean, I have to have faith in myself and, and I have to faith in the fact that I'm going to be making changes. Um, and I don't really like to write people off, and sometimes I do that, right? Sometimes I, my faith is being challenged, and I feel like this journey is is, we're, is being challenged by the status quo. Um, and do you, do you feel, just a, a question, like you're saying, I don't like to write people off, but I feel like, do you feel like that has a relationship with your power as a white person? Um, like, do you think you have more power to not write people off because you're white? I'm not sure. I have to think about that. I mean, there's, and I, you know what, regardless of, I mean, I've done that to white folks, kind of write them off and think, you know what, I'm, I'm done with you. Like, I can, I'm not going to change your mind. Um, but again, my whiteness probably comes into play because as a white male, I, I feel that I have the power to, to do that, so that I can do that. And do you feel, like, have you acknowledged how you've written off non-white folks? Like, how that's something? Definitely over my, over my yeah, I definitely my life that I've kind of, you know, just, I mean, that was part one of the emphasis or the impetus for me starting on this journey is the fact that um, throughout my life I come to realization that I've written off Indigenous people sometimes and during the course of my work and my, you know, where I've lived and stuff like that, I've actually done, you know, pretty well said, well, you know, they're not going to amount to much, right? And, and I think that, that goes back to not having faith. Mm. Very Faith is a big, big different than the faith that the white folks look at. You know, we look at it from a rel religious point of view and and really, faith isn't, has nothing to do with religion. Faith has been around way before religion actually occurred. It's really having faith in, in your capacity to change and to grow um, and, and support others doing that on their journey. I just, I just reminded me, I just wrote this bar. It says, um, hate is a human thing, so leave creator out of it. Uh, I could never leave the game. I'm the medicine and proud of it. <laughs> As though it was a song that's a little like personal, but uh, you know, it, I think too, you know what I mean? We make like hate. Uh, I'm not saying it's a humane thing, but uh, but that like we sort of I don't know. We use we use creator as a means to do hate. A, a great example in the native community would be the violence towards two spirit folks, or not including two spirit folks. Um, and sort of saying these are protocols or these are, you know, the way um, that these uh, were passed to us, you know, by uh, sacred beings. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, we could probably talk an awful lot about this, but when I was growing up and exploring religion and, you know, I was a church goer and I had to go to church. I remember having a conversation with my mother one time and she said something was really racist and I looked at her and I said, God would never do that, like logically. That just, God would never do that. Oh, well. And that's where I started to understand that religion really is, is a, a tool cre created by people in power, predominantly white people, to control our lives. And if you really look at some of the, the things that religion proposes, 
um, it, it really doesn't, you know, it's, it's so artificial and it's a way to control people. It is. Um, and, you know, all these hierarchies, you know, they're clearly inhumane and yet we keep doing them. You know what I mean? So it's not something we are just, just going to get away from. And uh, so you mentioned how you've written off um, indigenous people. Uh, is there other races of people that you've identified or see, been able to see in yourself uh, that you've written off? Like, do you see... It's kind of a trick question in a way because, you know what I mean, we'll all internalize anti-blackness, uh, anti-indigeneity, anti-brownness, you know, as part of uh, white supremacy. Ah, uh, but that is a tricky question. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure if I thought about it, right, I, I've uh, objectified people according to their culture, where they're from, the color of their skin. Um, definitely. But no examples are coming to mind. Specifically, I, I think, n not that I, I mean, I'm sure if I sat and really thought about that. I mean, for instance, <laughs> you know, when you're watching TV and I've seen things and I've said all those people, right? like they're like that right and then you start develop a, a level of distrust or mistrust with them mm -hmm. but usually what happens is when I start meeting with people and then you meet them individually you realize right that that's just part of the con job right you have to really uncover your inherent unconscious bias mm -hmm. so the unconscious bias is a really tricky thing right to actually bring it to that level of consciousness where you actually can analyze it yeah you know yeah, I just feel like, you know, these are things, you know, like, for instance, um, when I walked in the mall today, um, I seen a native guy wearing sunglasses, real handsome and everything, and I felt a little bit nervous, you know what I mean? And I feel like feeling that, you know, I guess I was, one, worried that he, if you like these are all the things going through in my mind you know what I mean and this is just vulnerability I guess you know uh, like I'm wondering one if he would accept me as an indigenous person or if he would just write me off as too white and two you know is it like am I afraid of this person because they're a big Indian you know what I mean like there's uh, you know I think that white supremacy goes deep you know I still like there's yeah there's you know what i mean i think the um cross the street question comes up for black males a lot you know what i mean and how people feel and they know sort of the right answer but it, it's not about having the right answer it's about like what's the feeling inside and where's that that coming from which is sort of a, a theme of today um and so you know um and getting away from trying to be woke about these things and just talking about how we truly feel, like where we're coming from. That's why I'm sort of asking those questions. It's like, do those things come up for you? Like, do you notice, like, wow, like I'm really feeling something here? Oh, absolutely. And I've, I've thought about lots of occasions where I uh, haven't given people eye contact on the street or something like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm scared of, you know, I'm scared of the interaction. Um, I think a large part of that, though, is conditioning. If you really think about it, in, of course in it's our white society, it's, it's, so, it's exclusionary. If you're not part of the team, 
then we're against you. And so anyone that's different in any way from the white standards, you know, it's... Uh, of course. Right? I feel like that's a little woke, but I feel you. Like, the, the like who... Just to dig into it, we're going to wrap up in the episode here, but this vulnerability is, you know, uncomfortable for a reason. Um, and I do think the only way we can change is really seeing this in ourselves and sharing it. And I feel like, like, who do you avoid eye contact with? Uh, it doesn't happen a lot, but if I've, there's a lot of times I'm walking down the street and I've seen someone that's, you know... Um, doing fentanyl or something like that I'll look away uh, like usually a BIPOC person um, black indigenous person of color multi yeah a lot of so a lot of the times so, you know when I'm thinking this one thing when I was in Vancouver it was such an awful thing that these people were just doing fentanyl and right on this public sidewalk and just passing out right away and mm. the first couple times I go to make sure they're okay and then, you know, you, you try to turn your head and ignore it. You know, and this sort of brings us, I think, to our wrap-up point here, which is that it's this sort of, that we are all sort of mirrors, and we are all human, and we are all connected, and that there are ways we have learned not to see ourselves and each other. And I feel like when we're avoiding, you know what I mean, is that really that, for me, is that really, you know, a scary Indian, or am I just ashamed of my indigeneity? Is that, you know, like, what are these, what are the causes of these, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just going to be fucking, all my big native friends are going to be like, what, you scared of me now or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, I don't know. Just, you know, just observing that these feelings exist and... Um, you know what I mean? And I feel like it is conditioning um, to not see ourselves in each other. Uh, any last point around that? Um, I think not seeing that you're conditioned, your response, I think, is something that's quite prevalent with people. Unconsciously, they may not even realize. The thing about the mirrors is really interesting. Though. I wish we had more time to talk about that because... Well, make, make a quick... A boiled point about it. I really think that, that people need to look in the mirror and look at themselves and, s and see who they are and, and come to the understanding that, that uh, you know, anti-racism actually starts within yourself. Mic drop. Cool. Well, this has been episode 10 of the Wilma podcast. We have successfully blown over our 30-minute time limit again. Seems to happen all the time. Um... You can reach out to us on Instagram at, at the Wilma Podcast. That's T H E W L M A Podcast. The Wilma Podcast, spelled W L M A. Uh, we're also on Twitter, same handle. Uh, you can also email us uh, at the Wilma Podcast at, at gmail.com. That's T H E W L M A Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, my name's Sarah Good Medicine. And I'm Stephen Wright. And uh, thanks for tuning in. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>